Welcome to the Your Story Matters podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mason City Schools, where we celebrate and learn from our community stories. We're so glad you've joined us today. This is Tracy Carson, the Public Information Officer at Mason City Schools, and I'm here with Charles Galvin. He is the youngest school board member ever elected to the Mason City School Board. He was elected in 2017. He's a da- proud dad. He and his wife have two under the age of four, so really busy guy and a, a local attorney as well. We are so grateful to have him here with us to talk a little bit on, um, about his view- dreams for Mason City Schools and to hear a little bit more of his story. Thanks, Charles, for being with us. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Well, here at the beginning of the year, we know folks are often starting to make resolutions, thinking about um, what they want for 2020. Definitely. And we've been doing a thing really launched in December, actually, about having a community read to rethink that idea of just making a resolution to really think about our habits. And I know that you had read Atomic Habits, which is our community read, Seven times last year? You know, I lost count at some point. Uh, I've got the Audible app on my phone, but uh, I started listening to Atomic Habits early last year, um, and it really was a impactful read for me. I think uh, around the time that uh, summer hit, I had already listened to it once or twice and um, took some time off from work for our second's birth, and tried to start implementing some of the stuff I learned from there, but a really good book, and uh, I was really excited when Jonathan announced that we would have that be our community read. So talk a little bit about being, uh, give us give us the ages of your kiddos, <laughs> and talk about what habits that you're trying to, 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 to put into your life so that you can kind of be more present with them. Sure. So I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old who um, is keeping us very active, for sure. She's into uh, soccer, but also dance, and um, she likes to... She's very performative. She loves to perform, whether it's in our in our house just in front of us or when we have people over. Um, and then I've got a seven-month-old who also keeps us active, uh, but usually that's during the middle of the night when we're trying <laughs> to sleep. So um, one of the things that I think as new or as young parents that my wife and I try to uh, instill in, in our seven-month-old is sleeping habits. And right now we're failing at that, but um, that's something that we, we try to help help him out. We had a good run with our first one. Uh, we, we're still trying to pick it up with our second. But um, as far as... Uh, being more present with our kids, you know, we we try to make a point not to be on our phones around them. And something that since reading Atomic Habits, um, I have tried to incorporate is um, different little tricks uh, to keep me off my phone, not just when I'm around my kids, but also just generally to cut out some of the screen time I have. So um, I've done things like turn on my phone's uh, screen time monitor. It, It pings me to let me know when I've uh, been on there for an hour during the course of the day on certain apps. Um, I do a grayscale on my phone to make it less uh, enticing to my eyes and mind. And it's amazing how less appealing your phone is when, when it's in black and white and not in color. Um, sometimes I'll delete the social media apps from my phone. Um, usually a Lenten sacrifice I will go through is maybe a, a social media fast. So I'll go for 
long periods of time without being on Twitter or Facebook or things like that. So um, different different ways to kind of unplug and reconnect in real time with friends and family are definitely some some things I've picked up since reading Atomic Habits. Well, I love hearing that, and I think it goes so um, it's so connected to something that I've heard other families talking about is how do we kind of reclaim? I mean, we're, we're, technology is here to stay. It's never right, it's never right. going away. But how? But it came on so quickly for most of us, and we didn't. There isn't. A, there wasn't a manual telling you what to do. We were all exploring it as, as we were going, and so thoughtfully thinking about it now with with your children and and knowing that um, as we see even babies responding to those phones. I think it's so wise to be thinking that through and how we how we want to be able to use it, but also put those boundaries in place. Definitely. Um, I, you know, one of the big takeaways from the book too, is just talking about designing environments that foster good habits. And, um, you know, growing up, I was probably like a lot of normal kids that had video games and, you know, watch television. And um, as I think back to some of the times where I had downtime in my life growing up and how, how many hours I spent, you know, playing video games and, you know, watching TV and stuff, certainly, you know, I've come out fine on the other end, but as I've become an adult and had a little more choice in how I want to design my lifestyle and my kids' lifestyle, um, you know, some of the choices we've made, we, we've actually cut cable. We don't have cable in our house, so um, that doesn't keep us from watching TV. My, my three-and-a-half-year-old will uh, readily tell you what her favorite favorite Netflix shows are um, so she's she's still you know pretty keen to cartoons and things like that but just little things that make it harder to um, you know have the TV on in the background and, and have sort of the mindless watching sometimes you know I think that's important for kids growing up especially today where technology is you know it's creeping into everything that we do and and you like you say it's not going anywhere so you have to learn to to um, navigate it and use it responsibly, but um, little little tricks like that. Well, what brought you to Ma- to Mason in the begin? You know, when when you moved here with your lovely wife, and and maybe also what spurred you on to want to join the school board? So I grew up uh, close by in Westchester, and when the community center opened up around two thousand three. My family was actually one of the first families that joined. Um, They started the swim team around the same time. And by that time, I was a little bit um, past my um, window of swimming in terms of uh, being on a competitive team like that. I was was more into soccer and playing other sports. But my brother was, uh, I think, about 10 at the time, maybe. And and he was a really good swimmer. And he... um, joined the the first man race team that that started up and um, we got kind of plugged into the mason community through that experience and uh, as i graduated high school um, and saw the end of my personal athletic career coming to a close i wanted to keep connected with him and keep him going in the right direction and so i um, signed on to be a coach with the man rays early on and, and coached for the team throughout my college career and um ended up really, you know, getting connected to the community and some families in the community that way. Uh, and then separate from my experience, you know, early on with the Mason community, my wife actually student taught at Mason um, when she was in college at Xavier and had a great experience, really was impressed with the district. Uh, 
Um, and that was important because uh, she was not actually from this area, so she didn't have the, the same kind of insight that I did as a um, suburbanite, so to speak. And um, fast forward you know, several years when I graduated from law school and we moved back to the area, um, we were living in Westchester initially, but um, my wife was keen to get back to Mason schools. She had a good experience, like I said, teaching there. Um, and I knew that Mason was some place that um, down the road I wanted to live because, again, we just had connected with so many families over here. Swimming is uh, still a big part of you know my life, and um, I hope it'll be a big part of my kids' lives too. But um, we we have found that the kind of the focal point of a lot of our activities and a lot of our friends were over here. So when we were looking at places to live, we we checked out over here and, and found a good spot to land and, and so that's what brought us over here. It's so it, it's so wonderful to hear um, all of the pieces of our community that make it special because it really is it's the people it's um, the wonderful services we have from our partners like the city of Mason and and even knowing families like yours that started something like the Manor Rays which now has produced I don't know how many it's it's been a really crazy arc to see them go from having a handful of kids that qualify for you know a regional championship meet to becoming just just this week or recently I should say they uh, they earned uh, the fourth highest uh, ranking in the country for club teams so they're you know up there with some of the elite programs that are producing Olympic swimmers year in and year out and that's it's crazy to think that that's right in our backyard and um, that, you know, the, the success that they've had has come on so quickly. And, and it just shows, you know, um, kind of the, the value that our community places, I think, on wellness. Um, but, but I think another draw to the man race for me and swimming, swimming generally is um, one, one of my favorite things about coaching swimming was just how inclusive that sport could be because, even though it's an individualized sport and, you know, you're on a team, but you're swimming in your own lane, um, you get kids of all abilities, all backgrounds, um, socioeconomically, developmentally, and um, something that I think has been neat to see is how the growth of uh, that, that team has impacted the growth of inclusion in that sport for our community. So it's been really neat to see them grow and succeed and do well. Now, Charles, you're a product of private school. I am. Uh, I and am. so, in fact, uh, you know, you, you did St. X for high school, mm-hmm. Notre, uh, Xavier for undergrad, yep. and Notre Dame for law school. I did, yeah. So as you were thinking about something you wanted to do and serve and give back, how did you think, uh, why was serving on the Mason City School Board, a public school, why was that important for you? Well, you, you know, I have got kind of the perfect Catholic school resume, I think, for the Cincinnati area, and um, I, I definitely joke that, you know, I've, I've got sort of this, this weird background for somebody to get into a public school setting, for sure. Um, and, and my wife, too, was a product of private education, Catholic schooling, growing all the way up. Uh, she got her we met in undergrad at Xavier and then she got her master's at Boston College and um, you know it's something that when we moved over here um, we moved here at a time when the master facilities plan had just been announced the big 42 million dollar renovation and expansion of some of Mason schools all done without (laughs) without taxpayer taxpayer dollars dollars, uh, without a local I should say yeah and um, the, that was an exciting announcement. We kind of thought, wow, we, you know, we moved over here just at the right time. And, 
And I started reading about that a little bit. And, um, you know, some of my, my background professionally, I represent uh, public entities and, and local governments, including school districts and things like that. And, and as I learned about that and read about that and started getting into the history of Mason schools and, and realized, oh, my goodness, there's you know been such a long time since a local operating levy was passed. Um, I got a sense, you know, near the start of the time that we moved here that it wouldn't be long before the school might be asking for money again from the community. Um, and given that we had moved here in part to take advantage of the great schools, um, I wanted to make sure that whatever I could do to, to see that be a success would, would you know, transpire. And so um, that was kind of the initial inkling that I had that I wanted to get plugged into the schools. And around that same time, uh, I'd learned that one of the Mason School Board members, uh, Randy Andrews, was getting ready to retire, and so there'd be an open seat on the board. So uh, somebody planted the bug in my ear that I should, you know, connect those passions and my my talents to uh, get on board and get get you know into the political realm, so to speak. Which, if you'd asked me a few years ago if I ever thought I would run for public office, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, I think school board is about as high a ceiling as I'd ever want to <laughs> aspire to because um, it gets a little crazy when the higher up you go. But it's also really uh, amazing since I've been on the board how much I've learned about you know public service, schools generally, education in Ohio, um, and, and how impactful this role is. You know, it's, I, I joke that it's the highest ceiling I'd want to aspire to, but it's a lot, and it, and it really impacts people whether you have kids in the district or whether you don't. Um, and so circling back to my upbringing, you know, I, I think that I connect and empathize with a lot of the folks who maybe you wouldn't see supporting a levy or a local um, ask for money just because, you know, I know what it's like to be in a household where you're paying the taxes to the public school, but you don't necessarily feel like you're getting the benefits, so to speak. Well, we're certainly grateful for your perspective and leadership on the board, also your sense of humor. You have a great Twitter feed. People should <laughs> follow Charles. But but really, I think um, in the two years you've been there, your perspective is one that is really needed and, and, and carries a lot of weight as we consider all of the things. Uh, obviously, you were part of the board that, that made the right – that voted unanimously to approve that recommendation to put a levy in front of the community. And it really is a community decision. You know, the, the community gets to decide what kind of schools they want and to what kind of quality that we have. And, and it is a serious decision, but we're grateful that you were part of that and, 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 and sort of understood the, um, what the need, what the need is. Definitely. So talk about what kind of student you were, Charles. What, what, who was Charles Galvin going through school? Gosh, well, I went to, so to give you some context, I went to a school where we had 30 kids for a whole grade and 15 kids per class. So, so a little different than Mason. <laughs> a little different than Mason. And, and I would love to aspire to that, that student-teacher ratio here in Mason, you know. But um, there were really no places to hide when I was in school, so um, it, if, if you tried to, you know, just kind of be in the background, so to speak, you were, you were going to be out of luck. But I would have to say that growing up, I, I did pretty well academically, I think, but I, I was definitely somewhat of a uh, class clown, um, got in trouble a few times. And I had some good teachers early on that, that figured out how to best channel my um, distractedness, so to speak. And um, remember, remember in third grade, I had 
uh, Miss Lankus, who is now Miss Stevens, I think, but um, she put me out in the hallway one time for not not staying on task and forced me to write some poetry or a short story in order to get back into the classroom. And so um, that's that was one one uh, memory I have growing up that um, kind of connected to what would later be an interest in creative writing and, and uh, storytelling. Um, I, I really enjoyed doing Power of the Pen when I was in grade school, and I know that's something that uh, some of our Mason classes do here, and I think that's great. Um, there were a couple times when I was doing Power of the Pen, uh, I tapped into my personal um, familial stories that um, got some, some good marks in competition, but came back to bite me when uh, my brother read about them later on and, and uh, found out that I was I was uh, kind of succeeding at his expense, so to speak. Um, but I, I definitely enjoyed being um, a, sort of a jokester in school, and and I had my highs and lows. I, I uh, struggled a little bit with math class, but um, uh, when when I got got uh, around time in high school to take in the SAT, I actually wound up uh, acing the SAT math portion. So. Uh, I'm, I'm here as a lawyer today. I'm not sure that I picked the right profession, you know, but um, yeah, definitely growing up, school was, was fun for me, and, and I definitely enjoyed um, joking and, and messing around with my classmates. Who's, big, who's been the biggest influence on your life? That's a good, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I definitely think that um, my dad has been a big influence on my life. Um, I don't know you know, if I would be able to argue as much and as well as I do today if it weren't for um, some real wrestling matches at the dinner table growing up. Um, the best kind. They are, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that, again, you know, probably sent my mom and brother to bed early growing up while we would sit at the dinner table and, and argue, but also joke. You know, we would, we would uh, have uh, some some back and forth banter that would you know range from laughs to you know just heated exchanges about different things and and really he's the kind of person that will that will take up a position that he doesn't necessarily believe in but just for the the sake of kind of testing your limits and your patience you know to uh, tease out you know what what are the strongest cases for and against good law school preparation it really was (laughs) unbeknownst to me i you know growing growing up that was definitely a uh, a big influence on me for sure but um you know aside from him i think probably some um you know other big influences in, in my life were um you know my my coaches that i had growing up I, I coached for several years i still kind of feel like i'm a coach on the inside and i uh, had some great coaches uh, especially in in the swimming realm um i had a couple awesome coaches at saint x on the swim team uh Coach Brower, Coach Keefe were, were big influences, and I still see them on the pool deck today. Um, Coach Ken and Coach Todd over with the Manta Rays uh, learned a lot from watching them, um, You know, not just with the technical knowledge they have of the sport they coach, but um, the relationships they build with their athletes and um, just kind of the servant leader mindset that they all have uh, when they're you know taking, taking that position. You know, if you're thinking through um, what you could imagine in the next ten years for 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 you and and for the schools, what what would you hope to see? 
You know, I really love what I see out of a lot of our student groups and extracurricular teams. Um, I'll take just one example of those is, um, you know, the girls soccer team. When I when I came over here, I knew that they had a good reputation for being, um, you know, one of the better programs in the region. But what's really taken um, me a little bit by surprise is how plugged in they are and, and how uh, committed they are to giving back to their community. They, they do so many things beyond the soccer field um, to give back in terms of, you know, whether it's hosting a, a top soccer night where they, they bring out, um, you know, different ability uh, kids to participate, um, to community service and to, to things like that. Um, th there's other teams and other programs that do things like that. And, and I think that uh, as, a, as a school district, um, you know, and as a product of the community's choices, I think that that's something that I'd love to see us do even more of and, and be better at in terms of, you know, just raising the awareness of our student athletes that, you know, the platform they have, it's a privilege and it's an honor to represent your, your school and your community in whatever sport you're in. Um, and, and I think that as we raise that awareness and, and grow that service leader mindset in our students, I think it kind of um, connects us more, not just with you know, the kids in our school and the families that aren't on those teams, but our community at large and maybe the community members who aren't, you know, current customers, so to speak, of Mason City Schools. You know, they kind of see that the, the product that we are putting out there is one that is, is not uh, self-centered, but is one that gives back. And it, it kind of raises the, um, you know, awareness of the value of public education and the, the value of the Mason City Schools brand. Love that. How's your life been different than you imagined? <laughs> you know, I, I, w I would say that um, growing up, plan A for me was a professional athlete and plan B was a Saturday Night Live uh, cast member. So <laughs> I'm on plan C now and it's worked out pretty well um, being an attorney and being a dad. Um, I, I think that um, as far as how my life has, has looked as different uh, or looked most different um, is, you know, I don't think that growing up I, I really looked past, you know, the 20s, so to speak. And so now that I'm in, in you know, my 30s and, and in dad mode and in husband mode, um, you know, I, I really don't think I, I anticipated having as, as great a life as I've got. Mm -hmm. And so... Part of me feels like I'm, uh, you know, playing with house money a little bit. I'm on, I'm on borrowed time, so to speak. But, um, you know, just kind of figuring out that, you know, now that I've kind of checked off all the early goals that I had in life, figuring out how to recalibrate and, um, you know, set new goals and, and ambitions for myself and my family um, and figure out ways to give back now that I've kind of, I, I really feel like I've arrived, so to speak, you know. It's a, it's a really cool thing to think about too. Um, I was thinking you're, you're part of a generation of millennial parents. Mm -hmm. And so you're a lot of other MECC families will be in that and are in yes. that same. Lots of avocado. Yeah, yeah. Lots of avocado toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, but I do think it's something, um, that's a, that's a cool thing that you brought up is just sort of knowing you, you can't really see how cool it can be in your 20s. You're right. thinking, oh, my gosh, it's so busy. And it still is really busy in your 30s. But to, like, 
because you're doing so many things and you're still trying to sleep with a seven month old right, and you're, right. you're, you're getting all the things, but I love that you're thinking intentionally about, okay, th- this is, we're really blessed. And even that you brought that up with our students too, because we are in this community, we have, um, you know, there's a lot to be really thankful for and grateful for and how we grow that spirit mm-hmm. in, in our kids and, and knowing that, um, we're, we are so blessed. How do we, how do we serve others? And Absolutely. Get yeah. So what, what brings you joy? My kids bring me a lot of joy. I, I love spending time with my kids, um, and, and being somebody who, you know, bringing back the atomic habits and the, um, you know, incremental gains and things like that. Um, this past summer when my, when my son was born, I had some time off and got to spend it with, you know, my wife and help her out obviously, but also my daughter and, um, you know, seeing, seeing your kids grow and hit new milestones is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Um, and you know, my daughter, I'll, I'll brag on her a little bit right now when, when I had my time off this summer, um, I, I spent a lot of time with her at the pool and, um, there were some days that were, um, you know, she was excited to go and pulling me out the door. And there were some days where we would get to the pool and she'd dip her toe in and she'd be like, Nope, let's go back home. But, um, watching her growth and, and development there, um, and, and, you know, learn a new skill, how to swim. Um, if you haven't caught on already, I, I love to swim and love to teach others how to swim. Um, my kids bring me a lot of joy and, and watching them grow and, and um, become, you know, little mini, mini adults, you know, at the same time, you know, she, she, she's showing some early maturity that I'm not sure I'm ready for. And you know, they call three, like three majors. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She, uh, we were in the car on our way home from church this past weekend and, um, we were, we were telling her, um, you know, trying to keep her on task, so to speak. And she piped up that said, mom, dad, you're not in charge. And (laughs) we turned around and said, excuse me. And she said, God's in charge. Oh, she. We had to really bite down on our lips right then. She, she, she filled that silent void right afterwards with right, right. God's in charge. And and we said, yes, he's in charge, but he put us in charge of you, you know? So she's, she's a little smart for her age and uh, we are learning. There are some good qualities with that and and also some ones that we're going to have to figure out how to deal with pretty quickly or else she's going to run the house soon so feisty girls are my favorite oh, so. she, she'll, she, you would love her for yeah sure. <laughs> those are, that that's a good thing and I can see that she gets she gets some of that from her dad too so we we love that but we always end our podcast with a comparison and fo- now that we've listened we know this one's going to be hard for you I I can tell that this one's got this one's going to be tough um so if you had to choose between um being a having your kids be swimmers or soccer players, what would it be? Man, that is tough. Um, I think, you know, for my wife's sake, I would say soccer because she has not grown up in the, uh, in the pool experience like I have. But personally for me, since I'm the one on the podcast, I'm going to be selfish here. I'm going to say swimmers. All right. <laughs> well, you heard it. We, we, we probably will have Galvin's doing lots of those things and others, if, as we know, watching them grow up. We're so glad that you were able to join us. Thank you for your service to Mason Schools. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We've reached the end of one of our stories. It's goodbye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Mason City Schools Your Story Matters podcast, where we believe every unique story deserves an audience. If you know of someone who has a great story to tell, email Carson T at MasonOhioSchools.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our community stories.